you didn't treat me badly, but you fully disrespected me at SFA. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 139. Not sure if there's a 140, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we are joined by the homie, Roland Pollard. Now, some of you guys know exactly who I'm talking about when you hear that name. And some of you guys are like, yeah, it sounds familiar, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Let me help you. You know that dad who stenciled his daughter on Instagram? That is right. Roland joins us on the show today, and we have a great conversation. Obviously, we speak about cheer. We we talk about his life now that he has literally millions of followers and then we talk about with why millions of followers he still chooses to have an everyday job and how he's giving back to his followers through his financial planning practice then Roland leaves us with a powerful message about responsible coaching parental expectations and the need for industry-wide regulation but before we get into that if you are new welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer education and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike and when we can bridging the gap between the parents and the coaches new episodes every tuesday on spotify on apple podcast and on google podcast quick shout out to claire who helps us stay on top of things on ig shout out to jenny who edits the pod shout out to my mother love you mom shout out to sheila robin chanel tamara pablo representing for all the cheer dads out there our mate michelle mike the lean mean coaching machine shout out to adam and casey shout out to melissa from the sweet miss bake shop check her out on ig lauren clark shout out to bode say hi to me it's my birthday beal and our two newest supporters erica and austin erica austin truly means a lot to me that you would donate financially to the show again everything donated goes towards making this a better show for your listening pleasure and if you want to help support the show financially there is a link in the show notes to do so but if you're looking for the best free way to support the show the best free way is to share this podcast simply share it with another person who loves cheer just as much as you do I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a man who truly lets us into his life as a father, as a husband, as a coach, and as an inspiration. Without further ado, my conversation with Roland Pollard. Dude, Roland, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. Dude, uh, man, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with this because I know you speak about this a lot. I'm speaking things into existence. Now, first started the podcast, I wrote down a list of people. It's like 10 people I wanted to have guests on the show. And I'm like, man, this would be like my, ten, my, my dream guest. If I had these guys on the show, this would be great. And you were one of those people. You know, we've kind of missed each other over the years, is what it is. 
And then I had DJ on, um, cheer updates on last week, two weeks ago, whatever that was. And I've been doing these recap episodes, recap episode. And I just go, after I have a guest on, I just do another follow-up episode. I just kind of talk about how I thought the episode went, what it was like booking that guest and just recapping the thing in general. Mm -hmm. And I bring up DJ was on that original list. DJ, I was like, oh man, I had this list of people. DJ's on that original list. It was really cool to have him on because he was on when I, when I first sat down to have my dream guest. DJ was on there. It's cool to mark him off. And I finally looked at the list again. I was like, I had two more people on the list and one of them's Roland Pollard. So, you know, we'll see if that ever happens, you know? And then a week later, me, you and DJ are on a group chat. And here we are. So we've spoken into existence. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Super pumped to have you here. Thank you for having me. I have no clue who DJ is. Is that Dustin from, wait, Dusty? No, Cheer Updates. I had no clue who that person was. I, think we spoke, <laughs> I was like, who is DJ? DJ was like, hey, uh, Jason Larkins wants to have you on his podcast. I'm like, all right, what's up? So then out of nowhere, like you said, he started a group chat, but I'm like, okay, I know Jason, but I don't know you actually, but I... Yeah, know who DJ is or how you have my number, but hey, we got connected. And like you said, speaking into existence, I believe that you can do anything you want if you take the necessary steps and your actions are in alignment with what you want. So you wanted me on this episode and I am proud to be here. Thank you for having me. Dude, oh, I don't even know who DJ is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who DJ is. Hey, That's good here. stuff. There we go. He said, I just was in, I was in the group chat with two people I didn't know. There you go. Good stuff, man. I love that. All right, man. So let's start. I have a ton of questions for you, but we're going to, let's start here. We got to start at the beginning. How'd you get into cheer, man? I was sitting in, I was my junior year of high school. I was very strong, like big, strong. Like I look, I, I did bodybuilding in high school and I was sitting in class and clearly I wasn't paying attention because we were watching like a boring history thing. You know, whenever teachers turn on, they turn off all the lights and just turn on like a history show. And because mm-hmm. they don't want a teacher, they just want you to whatever. So I was just clearly like texting on my phone or doing something, whatever. And then my history teacher was like, Roland, come here. And I'm like, oh, dang, I'm caught my phone. He, then he was like, come outside, come with me. Then we just start walking. I'm like, where are we going? And his name was Scott Shaw. And he took me, he was like, hey, you look really strong. I was like, yeah, I'm strong. And he was like, do you think you could throw a girl up in the air? I was like, how big? He was like 100 pounds. I was like, that's nothing. So then I went into the gym and they were having cheerleading practice in the gym at Plano Senior High School, Wildcats. But um, out of nowhere, he was like, hey, put this girl up in the air. I didn't know how to do it, but they just put her feet in my hand and I just lifted her up. They were like, go higher. I was like, okay, that's nothing. Then everybody was cheering. I was like, okay, all right, I like this. You know, hanging around girls all day, getting to use my muscles, whatever. And so I got into cheer on accident and I love the challenge. I'm a very competitive person. I love the challenge of, uh, you know, learning how to stunt. I love the fact that people were boosting me up because no one else could lift up girls. But then they told me that they would teach me how to do a backflip. I was like, if, so if I joined this team and it wasn't a cheer team, it was a, the yell leader. Mm-hmm. But we kind of, I kind of pioneered a little bit of stunting into it because no one knew how to stunt. So I was like, if you can teach me how to do a backflip, I'm in. So they, I joined the white guard team at Plano. You know what's crazy? Let me show you one thing real quick. I ended up getting white guard of the year. I went to my mom's house the other day. Actually, a few weeks ago. <laughs> Let's go. She found my white guard of the year because I shut it down. I learned how to stunt. I learned how to do my backflip. And I, you know, I was that guy. And I kind of debunked the myth of male cheerleading at Plano because, you know, if you think of a male cheerleader, if, you're, if you have that immature mind, you're going to think girly, you're just real 
girly boy, blah, blah, you're not cool, whatever. But no, they saw me and they knew that I could beat them up because I was way bigger, way stronger than anybody. So no, I never dealt with anyone talking mess. But down the line, I didn't pursue cheerleading. I, after I graduated high school, went to college in Colorado, and then I had my stunt partner, one cheer at Texas Tech, Candace Martin, beast. I never knew how good she was until afterwards. Uh, she just had a baby. She's married now. But another girl I stunted with, Jordan Barnett, she went to OU. And some coach found a picture of us in high school stunting on the field. And I had her up in a lid. And my cheer coach, everyone was like, ah, like in the picture. So then while I was in college uh, studying, I was a personal trainer. I was done with cheer a guy reached out to me and said, hey, I will offer you a, a scholarship to come cheer for me in Tyler. I was like, free college cheerleading? He was like, yes. And he like sweet talked me into it or whatever. I was like, you know, what? all right. So out of nowhere, I moved to Tyler, Texas and went to Tyler Junior College. Charles Chester was the coach then. So then I get there and then we go to cheer camp. And then I thought I was all good because I was strong. But then I go to the first practice before cheer camp over summer. And everyone was way bigger than me, way stronger than me, way better than me. And then we all got into a stunt circle. And then I realized I was not that good at stunting. Those guys are good at stunting. So at TJC, I, I was not good, but I, like I said, I'm very competitive and I wanted to be good. And so I got really, really good, but I'll never forget the, the time when Charles Chester did not let me I worked all that hard to, you know, come out there, do everything. And at cheer camp, he made me sit out because he said, you're not ready for this yet. I was like, hmm. hey, I've never been talked to like that in my life. I was like, yes, I am ready. But then I realized I was just young, immature, and I didn't, I, I couldn't see myself from the outside looking in because I'm used to being the best at something, you know, like at Plano, there was no competition here. I had competition in Tyler. So I got really good. It ate me alive that I wasn't at cheer camp. I was like, I'm going to make it to Matt in Daytona. And then I worked hard, it paid off. Um, and that's where I got all of my skills. That's where I learned everything about cheerleading. I ended up getting, I turned my back tuck into a standing pool. I turned a toss hands into a double up, into a rewind, all that jazz. Um, and that's my background. That's how I got started. Dude, uh, so what year were you at TJC? I don't even remember, 2011, 2012. I did one year there. Okay, yeah. And then after that, my cheer career was over. I didn't pursue. We went out to SFA, and that's how I know who you are. Someone mentioned your name years ago, and I didn't know about the OG people, but during that time, prior to 2011, you know, SFA, and our, weren't you a lumberjack? Yes, yes, sir. I, I mean, I wasn't the mascot, but I was a lumberjack, you know. What, you were a mascot? <laughs> Wait. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I was not, no. When you said lumberjack, I was like, yeah, we were the lumberjacks, but I wasn't the lumberjack, like the mascot. No, I was on the cheer team for sure. So I remember my first time seeing you, you were, everyone was like, I didn't know anything about cheer. And then everyone, I went to an SFA clinic and I was trash there and they were making fun of me because I couldn't hit a rewind to the top. They're like, no, quit hitting it here and pressing up, hit it to the top. I didn't know what to the top meant. And then they were like, watch this guy. And you had on a backpack and you did a one-on-one -on -one with somebody and you were wearing a backpack, a, a real human being. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that guy is cold. I didn't come talk to you because I was not worthy. But I looked up to you and you don't even know it. There you go. You know, it's funny. And I will never get one-on-one with a backpack. I had posted like a, I did like a popover with my daughter 
right? I tagged you in the video and I'm like, I don't know what I said, but I tagged you in the video because we did a little popover. She's three years old, right? I remember you reposted it something said something about OG and I'm like, dude, and I got the feeling like he knows me from somewhere. Like we must have met when we were younger and I hope I didn't treat him poorly. Like I hope he's not holding a grudge against me. Like I remember that dude no. before I was me and it just made me laugh. So I was always like wondering like, dude, I feel like we must have met each other at some point because, well, anyway, I know Christoph obviously, and I know that you guys are business partners, but there we go. I'm glad that you made that connection because I've always been wondering, like, have we met in a past lifetime and I just don't know it, you know? You didn't treat me, you didn't treat me badly, but you fully disrespected me at SFA. <laughs> Okay. That was very disrespectful. You see me over here struggling with two hands with a smaller girl, and you're just over there just wop wop. And but that's why I called you an OG because you've always been an OG, a legend in my eyes. Because you're you're doing that, and you're at SFA, then everyone was telling me who you are, and just like I didn't know anything at the time. But uh, I'm glad we're finally getting to talk, and I'm glad that we got to share that story because I looked up to you at that moment, and I didn't. We've never spoken because I was I didn't feel like I was worthy. There you go, man. It's cool, man. It's good stuff. All right. So tell me about your wife, you and Stephanie, you know, how you guys connected. When, when did she come into the story? You know, you know, tell me that whole thing. I went to Tyler and out of nowhere, there was a gym that we trained at. You know how college athletes can train for free at a gym if you do classes and whatever. Yes. So we were training at Pull Out Athletics. Pedro owned the gym at the time. But TJC cheer would go there and UT Tyler cheer would go there. So one night I saw this girl there and I was like, hey, she went to Plano. And then we never really talked because we were on different teams. But after a while, we couldn't, I don't even remember how we just actually said hi, but uh, we, we reconnected. And then after college, we reconnected again because I was doing personal training and she wanted to be she wanted training sessions while she was home from college because she was going back to finish her undergrad. And then she went on to get her master's uh, later on in a different city. And we were still talking. We were together. And then I quit personal training. I was a cheer coach at a gym, Pro Spirit in McKinney, Texas. Mm -hmm. Absolutely crushing it. Had a monopoly. And I ended up cheering at a gym, all-star gym, Maverick Cheer All-Stars. I was on diamonds. But, you know, I lived in Prosper at the time in an apartment coached in McKinney, Texas. And Stephanie was doing her graduate in Fort Worth, which is on the way to Weatherford. Mm -hmm. So I would we were dating at the time and I would go out to Weatherford. And then on the way back, I would come see her. And then, you know, after a while, that just got just kind of, you know, just regular. Yeah. And then she ended up finishing grad school. And then, you know, we were still together. Life was good. So I proposed to her and now we have two beautiful children. There we go, dude. That's legit. Dude, that's so cool to hear that y'all been down like that since like day one, right? Like forever. That's really cool. I really like I really like hearing that. That's really cool, man. We've been married almost 10 years at this point. Yeah, man. Dude, congrats, man. That's really cool. Yeah. All right, man. So you said two beautiful kids and we all know Jaden. So tell us about how this whole thing got started. You mentioned Christoph and Christoph is my business partner and we own a cheerleading music production company. And during the pre-pandemic, I was coaching. I coached for years, you know, I was teaching girls how to stunt, getting them ready for college, all that jazz. I still had everything in me. And then we were blessed with a beautiful daughter, Jaden. And everyone knew that at some point I was going to put my daughter up in the air and teach her how to fly. But I taught her at a very young age. But it was just 
it was almost a blessing and a curse because COVID was not a good time, you know, for anyone that my business was shut down. Christoph and I had no work. And of course, like I've always been financially sound to where I've always saved. So the pandemic, I was, you know, there was uncertainty, but we weren't strapped for money because I, we had a lot saved up. So the gyms were closed. We had no work. I was making no money. We were just living off savings. And I was like, you know what? Let's just use this time to just hang out with the family. So out of nowhere, I started teaching Jaden because we had really high ceilings in our old house. And I, I just start, started teaching Jaden how to, you know, fly, stand on my hand because we had a lot of free time. She wasn't in school. I wasn't working. All the gyms were closed. I wasn't coaching anyone. And but we had a living room and we 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 had a social media platform and we just started posting videos. I had always posted videos of my girls that I coached. You know, whenever they get a new mm -hmm. skill, oh, Kaylee got her pool. Oh, here's a new stunt. Check out one of my younger kids doing double ups, college level stunts. And that turned into me only posting videos of my daughter because the gyms were closed and the videos just started blowing up. And Jaden was loving it back then. Like she would just eyes lighting up because daddy's just throwing her in the air. She doesn't she didn't know that she could get severely hurt at the time. But uh, I ended up teaching her and showing the journey because we started getting followers and they wanted to see uh, stunt videos, but they, they, I, what I didn't realize was it was a relief for them, you know, bringing joy to their lives in such a dark time. And so I felt that it was my obligation as I'm getting hundreds of followers, it turns into thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. I'm like, Oh gosh, I have a lot of people that I got to make sure are okay. So mm -hmm. we were posting stunt videos all the time, new stunt, new stunt, new stunt for months during the lockdown. Um, and at some point, at one point I realized I was doing it for the wrong reason and that mm -hmm. was to entertain others. And it turned from fun to work. But at the same time, you know, I, I caught that balance early on and I realized that even though it is fun, even though it is work, my daughter's learning along the way, you know, she's learning how not life isn't always going to be perfect. You're not going to hit every single stunt. She's learning how to be accountable. She's learning how to be disciplined. She's learning that there are consequences to action. So it's far deeper than social media, but social media was the reason that my daughter got so good. Social media, people watching our videos is the reason why I continued to stunt with my daughter. And it was our way of bonding. You know, there would be times where she would cry. I would push her hard. There would be times when we'd be frustrated, but our bond today Phenomenal. Like the the most the if you can think of the most ideal bond a father could have with their daughter, I, that is what I feel I have. And it is a blessing. I will never in my life take that for granted. But it's because she trusts me and she knows that I love her. She knows that she can come yeah. to me with anything. She she we're we're best friends. We're, we are friends, but she respects me as her father. And I understand that it is my duty to guide her in the best way I see fit, make sure that she has a successful future. So, you know, we created her Instagram page for her, which we don't post on anymore because we want her to have her privacy later on in life. Uh, we've given her plenty of opportunities. She ended up getting a cheer sponsor to where, you know, if she sees an outfit, we can, they'll send us outfits for us to stun in. You know, we, 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 we've set her up for life and it was due to social media. It was due to taking advantage of dark times and turning a negative into a positive. AKA COVID. Yeah, man. And and I'll tell you this right now. I don't stunt with my daughter as much as you stunt with yours, but it is, there's true, like that bond, like you said it perfectly, the bond you feel, you know, yeah. like 
I just feel so connected with Joey when we stunt together. And it's just like the coolest thing, and especially like teaching her new things, you know, like whatever the case may be, you know, little popovers or lives, you know, she's trying to pull lives, which is just super cute because they're terrible. But uh, yeah. but it's super fun. You know, like I, I absolutely love it. I posted one time uh we just did a cupid together and i was like dude she's my favorite sub partner of all the stuff partners i've ever had this is my favorite sub partner right here so it's the it really is super cool and it's really cool to watch um the way that you go about it right um because it's not at this point you you guys can hit any stunt you want together but like you said it's about the um you know the the growth and the learning and the ups and the downs and like the life lessons that you are teaching her throughout the, the this whole thing. So just talk to us more. You talked about it briefly, but you know, expand on just the bond and and the life lessons you're really trying to instill in your whole family, right? And everyone watching through the stunt videos. Cheer parents, super excited to introduce you to Lucky and Me, the sponsor for today's episode. Recently, I, but more specifically, our daughter Joey, got her hands on the Layla Razorback Tops and the Amira Spankies, and she absolutely adored them. Not only did she look incredibly cute in their designs, but she loved how soft they were. Some of their products feature smooth seams, while others utilize wide waistbands and active stretch fabrics, but they're all crap. Crafted with comfort in mind, not to mention their products that feature, check this out, stay put technology. Guys, we've all been at cheer practice before and seen the girl who can't stop picking her wedgies. Guys, don't let that be your kid. Plus, they're perfect for kids with sensory issues, making them inclusive for all families. Not only will your child love the look and the feel of the products, but Lucky and Me is dedicated to giving back, partnering with organizations like Coco Tree Kids to donate underwear and active sportswear to children in need. So whether you're a parent looking for quality and comfort, or you're just someone passionate about supporting brands that make a difference, Lucky and Me is the way to go. Visit their website today luckyandme.com and use the promo code LTC15 to get 15% off your first order and experience the difference firsthand. Link in the show notes. From in before I do that, I want to just reiterate what you just said. If you aren't a cheer dad or if you are, are not a dad, you won't understand what it's like holding your daughter in your hand, but you know that you have your entire world in your hand. You would never let anything happened to that person, mainly if you're a trained individual, okay? So I just wanted to throw that out there. We're not, we know what we're doing, okay, Jason? We, you and I know exactly what we're doing, but like you said, the bond you have, the trust, the the life lessons, the the conversations we even have. She's almost eight years old now, and we, 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 we will stunt and not even record it and post it on social media because we're not stunting for the outside world. We're stunting just mm-hmm. because, like, hey, you want to try something? And you know, she has every single skill in the book. We got so bored, we started inventing stunts, you know? Mm-hmm. But at what point are you just going to just keep doing it for no reason? And nowadays, it is our time to bond together. It is our time to refine some life lessons we learned early on, like taking accountability. It's time to 
okay, well, okay, we just hit a stunt. Let's take a break, get our breath. So how was your day? What did you learn at school today? What are you working on in gymnastics? What do you want to do today? You know, and oh, I want to go to the pizza parlor. I want to go to the arcade. Every time we stunt, we always go to the arcade afterwards and get ice cream after the arcade. And I let her choose however much she wants to put on her card. And then we go to the arcade. We, we stunt, we put in work, we go to the arcade, eat pizza, ice cream, whatever. But we always give her points away to another individual. Okay, mm -hmm. so think about how deep it can get from that standpoint. We're bonding, we're building trust, we're learning life lessons, uh, we're having fun afterwards, but we're also learning how to uh, be a good steward to others and really give back to, you know, don't be selfless. If you if you have all these points on your card, you get a lot of toys for free that brands send for you. You don't need those toys. Go every single time we rake up as many points as we can and we hand it off. And she understands how to give mm -hmm. to others. And, you know, and that, the, the one time that I realized or I, I it just I was like, whoa, she gets it. We were doing a meet and greet with Rebel Athletic in Indy, you know, huge competition. So thousands of girls came up to do the meet and greet. And then afterwards, we were like, OK, let's just run out real fast and go grab something to eat before our next meet and greet session. So we run outside, we're walking the streets and then. Uh, one lady handed Jaden a $10 bill on the way out. We're like, no, 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 we don't. No, take it, take it. You're so good. And we're like, okay, Jaden, say thank you. She took the $10 and then she just held it. But on the way to the restaurant, she saw a homeless person. And then she was like, daddy, can I give this to them? And I was like, Jaden, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So she gave that $10 away and that was all on her own dime, you know? And I was yeah. like, okay, she's getting it. And I'm not going to say that that is only me because it takes a village to raise a child but I know that she has understood one of the life lessons. I'm not going to say that it's because of the arcade, but it's just the, the, the life lessons. The outside world doesn't get to see that. They're watching a person throw yeah. a human being up in the air. They don't know what goes on during those talks because I don't post all those talks. I just post the pit stunt. They don't see the falls. They don't see most of the tears. They don't see the, the lessons I give her in between. Um, but now that she's older, it's more about the life lessons than in mm -hmm. accountability. And if you do this correctly, this is the result. It's more about not giving up whenever something's hard. It's more about if you continue, we always end on a good note. We never end on a bad note. We always end on a good hit stunt. We're gonna push until we get it. So now she knows like, Jason, she's killing it in gymnastics right now. Absolutely crushing it because she has this innate ability to, 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 to push. She knows that she can do it from the age of three. Best thing I've ever done, just randomly. Jaden, who are you? Well, what is your name? Jaden, what can you do? Anything. Before any new stunt, I would have her say that every single stunt, every single new stunt, what is your name? Jaden, what can you do? Anything. And to this day, we still use that quote four and a half years later. And she truly believes that. You know, before each gymnastics meet, same thing. Who are you? What can you do? And this is my sign of her. I don't have to say a word. I'm not that coach that coaches on the sideline like, coaches are like that. That's annoying. I do this and she knows that means you got this. Daddy loves you. Okay. So if you ever see us at a gymnastics meet, you will see me do this before every single event. I'll say, you got this mama. Or she's, if I know that she's nervous, I'll just do this and then she'll do it back. Although she's like, she does this. She doesn't have the, what, the sign yet, but that is, is deeper than just stunting. Dude, that is, 
absolutely love. I'm gonna do it as soon as I as soon as we're done with this interview. I'm saying that to Joey. Joey, what is your name? Joey Larkins. And what can you do? Anything. I absolutely love that, man. Dude, we're get oh wait, actually, before we get to our first break, I gotta ask you this. Tell me about things you were doing that your parents did with you that you were intentionally doing. Like, oh, my mom and dad did this with us growing up. And then tell me about some things that you're intentionally avoiding. Like, your mom and dad did this. I'm definitely not doing that with our kids. So unfortunately, I didn't grow up with the best, most ideal picture-perfect family upbringing. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't in my life. My mom raised me and my sister by herself, and she was a hardworking lady. So there were never those things because my mom was always working and having to do what she needed to do to make sure that her kids have everything mm-hmm. they need. So, and that's just reality. So that's why I'm so present in my children's lives. That's because I know what it's like to not have someone pushing you, AKA, I, I know what it's like to want to be taught things and push, but I didn't have anyone pushing me. My dad never pushed me. So I, I was so ecstatic whenever I had children because I know what it's like to not have an active parent teaching you things because of just whatever life happened or whatever life brought about. But I'm very intentional with my parenting, okay? So I I don't really have an answer for that one thing besides my mom always told me to speak eloquently. She always used big words. She always corrected me whenever I said something that was not grammatically correct. So I learned how to have a conversation with anyone at a high level, you know? And that's one thing I will always cherish from my mom. Uh, but I, I, I never had anyone pushing me to do anything. You know, if I wanted to play football, I never had private lessons with the coach. Uh, you know, I never, it's just mm-hmm. the way life is. Okay. But going back to another thing you said, what do you do differently in a sense? My mom and I got into a heated argument. We were in the Bahamas last week, really nice restaurant out on the patio dinner. And then my my son was doing something. I'm like, mama, no, let him hang over the edge. She was like, no, he doesn't need to be up there. What if he gets hurt? What if he falls over? I'm like, mama, my son is three years old and he knows not to flip over. What if he doesn't? He's not going to flip over, but he, he doesn't know any better. I'm like, mama, check this out. Jax, let me see your car. Jax, throw your car over the edge. He was like, no. He looked down. He's like, no. I'm like, no, Jax, throw your car. He's like, no. I'm like, mama, my, I know my kids and I know that as a grandmother, you don't want your grandson to be in a position. She's like, why risk it? I'm like, why not? If he falls over the edge and my, clearly I haven't done my job as a parent. Second of all, I know he's not going to, he knows he, he doesn't want to fall over the edge. And my mom thinks if you are standing on a ledge and looking over your eyes, somehow you're going to flip over. No. So one thing I do is vastly different. My mom will come over to the house And I let my kids climb up onto the kitchen island. I let my kids climb up on the kitchen island. I let them fall off the island if they choose to do so. And my mom hates it. If she comes over and my kids are on the kitchen island, just sitting down or hanging out, doing whatever, eating cheeses, my mom hates it because she's like, why risk it? And I'm like, mama, I want my kids to fall. I want my kids to get hurt. I want them, I will, they've fallen off the island before. You know what I mean? But they understand, hey, Mm -hmm. if you get too close to the edge, you could fall. And if you fall, it's going to hurt. You know, you, but that's how I learned growing up. You know, I don't want to shelter my kids. I don't want to wrap them in bubble wrap. I want them to learn tough life lessons that my mom feels unnecessary, but I know what they learned from it. I know what they gained from it. Although unfortunate uh, at the time, if you're under the kitchen island and you stand up fast, you're going to dink your head. My mom's like, get them away from the, (laughs) no, let them hurt themselves. Let these kids get hurt. Let them navigate through life, learning things on their own. So that's one thing I do differently. And I know my mom doesn't approve of it, 
and I pushed my kids hard. I didn't have anybody pushing me. She thinks that I push my daughter too hard sometimes, um, but she doesn't understand why mm-hmm. I do it. Okay. But now she's seeing the, the, what's transpiring from years of doing so. And she's learning to just let go hands off. And she, she trusts my, I'm not a perfect parent by any means. I, means I don't know what I'm doing as a parent, but I know, I don't know everything about parenting, but I know from experience, the, from mistakes and accomplishments, what, like how to make tweaks to where, hey, this is how I want to raise my kids. And yes, this could happen, but I definitely know not to do that. I definitely know that when I'm pushing my kids too hard, I definitely know whenever I'm being too easy. Like I said, I'm her parent at the end of the day, but you're not about to talk to me like that, okay? I'm your friend at the end of the day, sorry, but you're not about to talk to me like a friend if we're having this type of conversation. So Mm -hmm. people talk about coaching hat versus dad hat. You can't be coach dad. Yes, you can be both. But now my daughter's realizing when I'm coach and when I'm dad, but and when I'm friend. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm just daddy to her, okay? So I hope I answered all your questions there because I went on a tangent and I hope it all tied together. But (laughs) the way I raised my kids far different from the way my mom raised me. But she's learning to understand that maybe he's on to something. Yeah, (laughs) love it. All right, man, we're going to get to our break. We'll come back. We got more questions for you. Let's get it. Attention, cheer parents. I always say this. If your athlete is going to maximize their potential, it takes more than just two days a week at their cheer practices. So getting extra reps in at home is a great option. At TumbleTrack, the ultimate destination for top quality cheerleading equipment, they understand the importance of safety and skill development. Their wide range of at-home products are designed to help your young athlete perfect their skills and build their confidence. Give your child the gift of practice, progress, and passion with TumbleTrack. Visit their website at tumbletrack.com and explore their fantastic range of products and make your cheerleaders' dreams soar. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So, Roland, I got a question for you, man. So, I have a, I have a couple of friends who do Instagram full-time. You know, they got stupid amount of followers and... Instagram is their full-time life and they refuse at least right now to let their kids have Instagram. I think the oldest boy might be around. I think the oldest kids on both sides, it's like, you know, two families are around 10 and the next ones are around seven or eight. And so no social media, absolutely not. But you mentioned earlier, yeah, you know, we've started Jaden. She has an Instagram account. She's eight years old. So why did you feel to go in that direction when obviously, you know, there's lots of people go, man, that's way too young to have a, you know, social media. Because that's not her Instagram. It's just a page that we post her post content on, on her behalf in a sense that, okay, if she has a, you know, a new cheer stunt, I will, we'll post it on there. If she has a new rebel outfit, it's more so a business transaction for her. Because if we do a partnership with, you know, American girl doll or something girly, that is not congruent with my brand. And my daughter isn't the one controlling her page. She's seven and she's mm-hmm. almost eight years old. She, that is not her. You can't message my daughter. She doesn't have her own personal social media in the sense where she has control, where you can talk to her because I, we refuse to do that. We're on the same page. But at the end of the day, we have, you, you got to think of, of it from the sense that we run our social media as a business. Okay. So, in a business, you you have more opportunities with separate entities because if you try to commingle multiple brands into one page, 
it, it's not going to be congruent. It's not going to co- coincide. Okay, so if I'm posting a a a picture of my daughter in her new cheer outfit, why would that live on my page? Let's put it on her page. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that we have her highlights, you know, her gymnastics meets and all that jazz on Jaden's page, it inspires other children. Although if those kids have Instagram, social media, you can't comment. And we get hundreds of comments or, or messages. Hi, Jaden, how are you doing? What are you doing? And a lot of creepy stuff as well. And I know what's mm-hmm. out there. I'm not a dummy. Okay. And I refuse to, uh, to, to show my children that side of the world too soon. So it's, very well protected. But at the end of the day, down the line, business move, you got to think future proofing. Let's say that she continues on her gymnastics career. Her Instagram page is not, it's, it's kind of like making an investment for your child that will compound over time. You put money mm-hmm. away for your child. Okay. She has 309,000 social media followers to where down the line, whenever she is mature enough, she understands things. This is our gift to you to continue whatever you want to do. With that 300,000, which will, you know, be upwards of half a million, I would assume by the time we give her her page, Mm -hmm. this is your platform. We have have done this for you in the past. Do with it what you please, but be strategic. And we have a social media Mm -hmm. manager, Haley, who runs everything for us. So she's set up great for whenever the time comes, but we're nowhere near giving our children social media. (laughs) There you go, dude. I absolutely Love that answer. Absolutely love that. That's yeah, that's great stuff. Now, speaking of content creation, Roland, you got a million followers on Instagram. You got a million plus right on TikTok. You got YouTube. You don't have to work a nine to five ever again, but you're you're back in the business world. You're doing financial planning, advising for people. Why, why have you chosen to go back into you know, like what, what's that, that mean to you? Tell far, us about it. My favorite question I've ever had. Okay. And I'm glad you noticed that because a lot of people think social media influencers, they, they have, they live this life of just everything being given to them for free, which is very true. And you can make a ton of money off social media, but at the end of the day, how did I get to this point? It wasn't that I woke up and boom, kind of on TikTok. Yeah. We have what? 7.4 million followers now or something like that. TikTok blew up overnight, but the whole, <laughs> let's backtrack before social media, what happened? We, I was coaching, working hard. I had a coaching business. I had a monopoly at a gym. I started a business with Kristoff, cheer music. Okay. I was building all these things. I was setting up and living my life properly. We were able to be stable enough to purchase a home that had really high ceilings before we even had a daughter who could actually do a toss or stand up on my hand. And it's just like, okay. All the things I did before led to that. So what are you going to do with your given situation? Okay. And as I was building my business, think about all the gym owners. Think about all the parents who, who did weekly lessons with me to where I could, or gave me money to lessons with their daughter who helped me out financially to where I could be responsible with that money and live my life and build something for myself and and have a future family myself. Think about all the gym owners who, who, who continually came back to me for cheer music year by year by year, investing in me and our business to where I could make income and still be responsible. You know what I mean? There were a lot of people who helped me get to where I am today. And one of the most impactful people in my life was my own financial advisor because he didn't just show me how to manage finances. He didn't just show me how to, he didn't educate me on how to grow money and how to invest and how to just really have your financial picture and and make it cohesive, you know, and how to build and defer gratification. 
it, but he stayed along, walked beside me every single stage of life. Whenever, okay, now I'm making more. What do I do with it? Now I'm making more. What do I do with it? I have people investing in me. What do I do with that? And he showed me and he always checked in on me. He gave me books to read. We read books together and it was more so a confidant in life coaching. So after a while, like you said, I can work an hour a month and pay all my bills. It's not like I have to work a job, but on a spiritual level, I feel that I was giving a lot of, I was given a lot of gifts and a lot of people know my mantra is whenever you're blessed, be a blessing to others. And I believe in stewardship. So if I'm given all these things, if I'm given this life, of course I worked for it, but some things were out of my control. Some things were just, you know, preparation for the right time. Why would I spend my, and knowing how I don't have to work that much, why would I just spend my days just sitting around, just blowing money and just spending money on all these frivolous things and not living a life and not providing value to the world? So the reason I got into it, the reason I created my financial practice is my own advisor, he was like, hey, you should do this. You have a lot of free time. You know a lot about finances. So I went, I took the test. I studied for ages. I got, took all the financial planning certifications, every, all the hard classes, everything. And then I became licensed and I did so to help the people who follow me. So my only clients for the most part, 98% of my clients are my Instagram followers. Okay. So I created a business or I created a business mm -hmm. to help out the people who support me. So if we, 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 we live this life because of our Instagram followers, okay? And who am I to just take all that and give you nothing in return? So I provide free advice for them. I will take a meeting with any follower and then help them get up or set up financially. So whenever the time comes and whenever they're ready to invest, we can do more intensive planning and I can teach you, hold your hand along the way through all your life stages, you know? So that is my gift back to the world because I feel whenever you're blessed, be a blessing to others. And I didn't get here by myself. My my favorite quote right now is, no single raindrop is the, is the cause of the flood, but a flood is the accumulation of a lot of raindrops. I'm not one raindrop that has made things flood. No, a lot of people have poured into me, helped me get to where I am. And instead of just living a life of vanity and, and unfulfillment and purpose or purpose, listness, whatever word that would be. I choose to live a fulfilling life based off of stewardship and, 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 and doing, doing right by those who helped me get to where I am today. Dude, <laughs> you're killing it, man. Dude, I love it. Dude, roll it. I'm not no cap. I'm going to reach out. I need a financial advisor. I'm here for real, for real. So I'm, <laughs> I'll tell him to reach out. So let's make it happen, man. Man, okay. So where I want to go with this now, Roll, you got the uh, you got the masters in the background back there. You know, people on audio can't can't see it, but Augusta, Georgia, golf. You start taking golf lessons. What, like a little less than a year ago, right? Uh, a year and a month ago, thirteen months ago. A year and a month ago. Okay, tell me about why golf. What what has it changed? You know, just tell me tell me about like why and how like that has like shifted your you know, you're taking up golf at a late age in life. I mean, you're not super old, but you're, you know, young 30s, early 30s. Like that's all, you know, if a cheerleader walked into the gym yeah, in, yeah. in the early 30s, we'd be like, yo, 
<laughs> what are you doing, homie? So talk to me about the journey. Coaches, if we're coaching all year long, shouldn't we be learning all year long as well? Training shouldn't just happen in the summer. Coming up January 5th through the 7th of 2024, NextGen is hosting a two-day skills, business, and leadership conference in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California, Featuring keynote speaker Jeff Benson, friend of the show, Callie Ray Seitzer, my old teammate, and Sean Guzman, another friend of the show. And get that mid-year tune-up we all need to finish the season strong. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. Yeah, you know what? So 2005 Masters, Tiger Woods had a chip on hole number 16. And the pressure was on him because he was down. Like it was not a, but he he made that chip. It was the big chip with the Nike logo that made it and it barely, it froze and then it fell and he went mm-hmm. crazy. And that is a flag that I found at an auction. I was like, hey, that signifies, I just got goosebumps, but that signifies mastery in something. Tiger Woods is a master, okay? In Tiger Woods, there's one more. I'm not sure if it'll show you. There's one more up there with all the, the masters he's won. Mm. And it just yeah. shows me that, okay, someone that, that, that signifies dominance. And, you know, my entire golf journey stemmed from the fact that I was trash. I didn't know how to golf. And people said that, oh, golf is such a hard sport. I love a challenge. You know, like we talked about earlier. And then I realized I'm not good at golf. Same thing like whenever I went to TJC. I wasn't good at that first practice. And I don't like being bad at things. And I'm not someone who's going, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. I believe anything is possible. If I want to be good at golf and if my actions align with what I'm saying, I'm going to be good at golf one day. I'm not that good at golf right now. I'm decent, but I'm not where I want to be. But the more I study the history of golf, the more I respect Tiger Woods. And I don't want to be a fanboy and just be cliche and just say Tiger Woods because he's just a well-known golfer. No, the man has done some things. So whenever I saw this at an auction, I was like, I know what that flag is from. 2005 Masters, the six, the chip on hole 16. I want that. I want to keep that forever. And it's signed by him too. So it's like, hey, mm-hmm. I will, that is a family heirloom. So golf to me is such a challenge, but it keeps me humble. But then again, week by week by week, I get better and better and better. Okay, success is the the sum of of many small things done correctly. Okay, the success is the 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 continuation of your efforts. You know, so golf is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. But I'm not going to stop until I'm very 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 good at it. Maybe it could be five years from now. But it is it keeps me humble and it gives me something to strive for. Okay, so. That my whole golf journey, I went on to it because I was bad at it. I'm still not very good at it. I will be one day, but I have some things to remind me that if I want something bad enough, I'm going to make it happen, but I have to become a master at it. I have to learn every single thing about everything regarding that topic, whatever it may be, that's applicable to any situation. In this case, golf, but you can take that and put it towards cheerleading. If you want to be the best cheerleader who ever lived, okay, number one, study the history of cheerleading, but also break down the dynamics. Like, Why do you need your feet in front of you to go backwards in a back handspring? Why mm-hmm. do you need to finish at the top to catch your stunts at the top? You know what I mean? Why do you need to uh, leave your chin in on a back tuck? You know, break down the mechanics, okay? And that's a part of mastery. And I am not, I don't believe that I'm ever going to be, I will never, just out of just being realistic, I will never be as good as Tiger Woods, but 
he 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 has left clues on how to become the greatest. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. And I, I talked about this on another episode before about because I started taking golf, taking golf, taking golf lessons not too long ago. Little yeah, a little less than a year ago. But I'm terrible at it. Like I'm not good at it, right? And like you said, I'm getting better, but I'm not good at it. But I love having a challenge of something I'm not good at, right? Keeping me in this humble state where I'm like, where every day I have to wake up and go like, okay, I got to get better at this and having like a goal to consistently reach for every day instead of just kind of chilling at home. I think that we all need those types of challenges in our life. And it's crazy. I've seen your goal. Like I remember you posted like, hey, I'm starting to golf and to see your swing, you posted something not too long ago. And I'm like, dude, those are two different swings. So it's really cool to see how far you've come in the sport. And now I've got to do this. My buddy, I DM'd you this one time. My buddy absolutely loves you. His name's Chad Horton. Shout out to Chad. He's actually one of those uh, Instagram guys I was talking about. But he absolutely loves you. He's never cheered. He loves cheerleading. I have no idea why. He absolutely loves cheerleading. He loves you. He's your biggest fan. So every time we hang out, he talks to me about you. He's like, man, he posted this one thing and da-da-da. I'm telling you, he's your biggest fan. Anyway, so he's going to be stoked when I tell him that I had you on the pod. He's going to flip out. But um, he has a golf tournament coming up in Dallas in March. They're releasing a new golf line brand. Uh, Shout out to Lafferty Daniels. Check it out, LaffertyDaniels.com. But the release of the golf brand, it will already be released by the time this episode releases. But I'm inviting you. I don't even know if I have the authority to do this. But I'm inviting you to their golf tournament in Dallas. You got to go. You got to pull up. It's going to make their day. Let's make it happen. Give him my number. Sign me up. You already have my information. You just tell me when and where, and I'm there. There you go. I'll I'll DJ make the connection. (laughs) Who is DJ? All right, so here we go. Let's get into these these final four questions real quick. All right, so we didn't really talk about cheer too much, but um, what needs to start, stop, or change in the industry? The uniforms. Oh, here, hey, let me tell you this. Let me preface. Let me preface. Okay, before we even before we even decided to really do this and just hop on this podcast, you, I asked you, can I keep it real? And you said you can keep it a stack. Okay, let's go. I feel needs to change in cheerleading, knowing how I'm no longer a coach, knowing how I rarely even do cheer music anymore. I'm not affiliated with any entity in cheerleading. So this is my I don't even want to say agnostic, but this is my personal take from a subjective standpoint. I don't feel like if you look at cheer Twitter, that is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. That's not cool. People treat cheer like it's the mean girls movie no like why are you on twitter bashing individuals why are you on twitter bashing other teams why are you on twitter sexualizing cheer you know what i mean and the uniforms don't add to it there are some uniforms i won't post you know and that's not bashing anybody any cheer outfit company but my daughter's seven years old i i believe in having a conservative approach because i know the type of people who are out there in this world and why does it need to be that way? You know, even with, I still don't like the fact I, I rarely post videos of my daughter in a Leo in gymnastics because I'm like, why can't we add shorts to it? You know, mm-hmm. but with cheerleading, what needs to stop? Reconsider the the outfits to make them more conservative. You know, I understand crop top. People don't know that if you're partner stunning, you want to have access to their hips for grip. Okay. I understand that people don't understand that, but we do understand that as individuals who have cheered. 
what else needs to change? The, the way people are on social media, why are gym owners, tell me this, if you are a gym owner, why are you letting your children post on Twitter bashing another gym or another individual essentially bullying you? Think about how that makes your gym looks. Why is there not more regulation of that? And if you do know a, an account that is doing that, why are they not like completely banished immediately? Okay. Why are you letting this go on? Why are you letting girls use foul, vulgar language online, knowing that a lot of these cheerleverities have young people looking up to them as, as individuals they essentially want to become later on in life? Why is no one regulating that? What is happening in the cheer world? What cheer association, what cheer body is trying to put an end to that or mitigate that? You know, because with someone with power, let's just say, I don't want to name any names, but you know, the largest cheer companies, they have enough power to get those pages banned. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And at what point are you going to put profit over, over culture or having a better culture? You know, because maybe some people say no publicity is bad. Let me start that over. People say no. Jason, check this out. I'm going to slow this down. People say no publicity is bad publicity, but... I think some people are just feeding into that because as long as you're talking about it, they're on, you have the spotlight. People want the spotlight. No, eradicate that. Another thing. Why are you letting your kids, this is to the coaches. Okay. Parents, Jason, let me just keep it real. I'm going to make this concise. Parents, if your daughter is not meant to be a flyer, leave the coach alone and just realize your daughter is not going to be a flyer. If she flew last year. It doesn't matter because she's not flying this year. Are you okay with that? It doesn't matter because she's not going to be in the air putting someone else at risk just because you want to have your daughter up there. It's like, you can't pay somebody to have your daughter in the air. If she's not going to be a flyer, there's a better girl on the team who's more suited to be a flyer. She's getting the shot. If you want your daughter to be a flyer, get some private lessons. But then again, some people are, Jason, I did a private lesson with a girl who was getting ready for college. I knew she was going to be a base. And, you know, there's no body shaming. No one's saying try to lose. It's not about weight. It's not about height. But some people are not going to be flyers. And you got to know your role and play it well. Whatever cards you were dealt, play that hand. Okay? Don't just complain about your hand. I'm not a flyer. Jason, would it make sense for me to try to go join a team as a flyer? No, because I'm not a flyer. If I really want to be a flyer, I got to give it. I got to just either deal with it or just complain about it, but complain somewhere else. Okay? Number two, as from a coach's perspective, why are you letting your kids risk tearing their ACLs just because you want them to have a pool and you want to create a level five team and go compete against other small gen level fives when knowing that you could risk their ankles, their kneecaps, their entire livelihood. These girls one day are going to throw their last tumbling pass. Is it worth trying to have them progress too quickly and then have them tear their ACL, break their ankle on a pool, freak out, get a mental block over you trying to create a high level team? No. Why do people say there's cheer tumbling and there's gymnastics tumbling? Because gymnastics takes their time. They make them perfect the small things. They make them master the crafts, okay? Cheer has a tendency to want to rush girls just so they can create a team, okay? So I feel that needs to change, okay? Another thing, why is everything so expensive? Why is everything so expensive in cheer? I don't understand. Companies are created out there to make profit, but at what point are companies going to understand that, hey, even though you want to offer something at this price, what do you have for gyms that can't do that? I'm in the cheer music business. I know that there are some high dollar mixes that I do, and there are some low dollar mixes that I do. And I know that some people can't afford the high dollar, but does that mean that, no, you can't get music just because you don't have enough for that? No, you've got to find a solution. And our solution was 
offer a lower tier, find a way to get custom vocals still, and then we're gonna give you something that's in your budget. A lot of people are just being price gouged out of the company, and that is not sustainable. And that is, I'm done. There I, go. I, I keep going, but those are my main things. <laughs> I was like, he's going off right now. <laughs> I don't work at a gym anymore. Dude, I feel you. Someone said, I I told someone, I was like, guys, don't let me not work at a gym anymore because this podcast is going to change a lot. I'll tell you right now. I got to, I still, you know, I'm still in the industry. So I got to, I got I can't be yeah, willy nilly. I'm not speaking on behalf of you, Jason. I'm not saying that, like I said, everything oh, yeah, is no. from my take. You know, and I don't represent anyone. I'm not saying, and Jason, you can disagree with everything that I said. You know what I mean? Anyone can disagree. That is just something that I want the world to consider. I think cheerleading is an amazing sport. I think it has so much potential, but you got to think about the longevity of it. You got to think about, okay, where are we headed? Where are some things we can do to make sure that we're on track to be an amazing sport that's going to continue for years and years and years to come? No, I feel you, man. Dude, I hear you. <laughs> I love this. All right, here we go. Um, Roland, dude, any rumors, narratives, or myths you want to debunk right now? Not really, because the only myth, there's nothing to debunk, because a lot of people think that I stunt with my daughter, and that's all I, oh, okay, okay, I'll debunk one myth. People think my daughter cheers. She's not a cheerleader. She's a gymnast. She doesn't do cheer. You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15, and full 2-minute and 30-second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget. But that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. And people think that I stunt with my sheep. People think that we stunt all day, every day. We stunt maybe once every two, maybe three weeks for 15 minutes tops. But I can take a 15 minute video of us just stunting, break it down into four or five one minute long videos, post them over a period of time, and have the outside world think that that's all we did. You would think that we stunted for hours and hours and hours, but I just know how to strat. Everything's a strategy with me, okay? So whenever you see a stunt video with my daughter, uh, know that she doesn't cheer, number one. Know that we could have shot that stunt video weeks, months prior to me posting that video. And we don't stunt as, we really don't stunt at all anymore because we've done mm -hmm. everything there is to do. Okay, if, that's, if, if we decide to stunt, we're just having fun, we're just kicking it. But the reason we stunt for 15 minutes, let's do a double up, okay, boom. Okay, we hit it first try. Okay, let's do it, let's go to one arm. Okay, we hit it, but we kind of wiggle, let's hit it, planet feet, boom, we hit it. Okay, boom, now it's just like, okay, now let's go play, let's go have fun. And that's one myth I do want to debunk. 
do you know of a myth that I don't know about or that I No, you know what? I don't, but I want to say this. Your technique, you for real. You have great technique, man, because, you know, as an outsider, you would just go, well, she's a little girl. He's just throwing her up. He makes it look easy. But as a stunter who's been in the game forever, you can tell when you're watching a good stunter. Your technique is phenomenal. It really is. I'm like, dude, he's turning his hand. He's got his grips. Like, so for real, even though obviously she's small, that helps. But your technique as a stunter is excellent. It really, it really is. That means a lot coming from you. There but go. I'm going to, and you know that I've coached, you know all that, but I'm going to defer that to Jaden because Jaden is a beast. Like, she is an animal. If you ever mm-hmm. started with Jaden, you're just like, dang, she she knows what she's doing. Yeah, sometimes you got to tell her, like, be tighter. But Jaden is a beast. But then again, like you said, the outside world doesn't know all the prior training that I had. We're not, you and I are just not random individuals mm-hmm. putting their daughters in the air just not knowing what we're doing. We know all the safety precautions. We know about the hand turns. We know about the planted feet. We know about if something were to arise in a stunt, we know how to catch the flyer and we teach our flyers how to fall out of the air. They don't understand that if we're stunting on concrete, I would never recommend that. I never want to condone concrete stunting, but you as an individual would know, okay, if he's stunting on concrete, he's going to be fine. You know, at the end of the day, it's not a good thing to put Mm -hmm. out there. You know, you don't want to just condone lack of safety uh, but that's another one. She's never yeah. in danger. There you go. Love <laughs> you had that one video. <laughs> she was it like it it cut and like opened up with her crying like ah. No. It was like I'll never drop you. Strategy. Yeah, that's pretty good. Strategy. You gotta yeah, get people's heads, but it's it's we have a healthy relationship. Yeah, for sure. uh, people. Oh, I have one last myth. We have time. Yeah. There's a myth that oh he's just using his daughter for clout. He's using his daughter for fame. I didn't ask y'all to follow me. You know, I didn't ask for one follower. I never said, follow me for more stunt videos. No, I posted because people were following and that turned into us creating, and I'm a business owner, okay? So I'm going to create a business out of that. Why not? I would be remiss not to do so. But people think that I use my daughter for money, then I use it to fund my lifestyle, but they don't know that I set things up mainly from a financial planning perspective, being an advisor. I have my kids set up and that's one thing people don't see because it's not information that the public needs to know. It's just never assume. Okay. Never assume that, you know, something about somebody's life based off the content that they strategically compile and put out there into the world. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. You had that one post with the guitars. You're like, if you just didn't know me, you think I play the guitar. I was like, I don't play guitar. Exactly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh, no, maybe he does. All right. So, who's another guest we should have on the show? Oh, what was that? It froze one more time. Dude, again, who's another guest that we should have on the show? A guest you should have on this show, other than Jaden Pollard, because she would not talk much. You know what? I I was torn between a couple people. Okay. And I want to ask you before I give you this name, before I give you this name, because I have two people in mind, but what, 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 what will be your ideal, not even ideal, but what type of person in the cheer world are you interested in hearing from? Dude, anyone with a good story, you know, anyone with a good story and someone who can hold a conversation. Sometimes you get guests on, they can't hold a conversation. So you're like, you know, pulling teeth, trying to talk to them. You're like, all right, well, (laughs) it's going to be a quick episode. Do you want to know the most interesting person that is low-key one of the most iconic people in the cheerleading industry? All right, let's hear it. Summer Willis. Okay, I don't even know who that is. Summer Willis? That would be the most intriguing 
conversation you probably will ever have. Summer Willis right. is the coach of Weber State University. Summer. Yes. I guess I didn't know her last name. Yeah, Summer. There we go. I have a, I've done Weber State music or Weber State's music for the past six years. They've never lost. They're going for a seven-peat this year. I had a conversation with, uh, with, with Summer after Daytona. She was calling to thank me for doing their music. And I she's going on year 25 coaching Weber. And she gave me the craziest story I had ever heard in my entire life. I was like, Summer. I never know. Like, Summer, when is your Netflix documentary coming out? Like, what? She was like, no, mm-hmm. I don't need all that. But I'm like, Summer, you have to acknowledge that you are an absolute legend. The story of how Weber State University got to where they are today, if you listen to Weber State's music, I do it every single year, but I don't do it for the crowd. I do it for the team. And if you listen to mm-hmm. the lyrics, year by year, it tells a different story. But there was a story before I started doing their music. And I think that I just got goosebumps. It's the most compelling story I've ever heard. And I haven't even seen if you've had Colin on here. Mm-mm. No, you know, we ran into each other. Uh, Colin, Colin Cockrell. Yeah. Have you done one with him? No, we ran into each other in Vegas this past year. And I was like, oh, dude, Colin, what's up, man? So we chopped it up for a second. And I was like, we should have you on the pod. He's like, all right, man, you know, just reach out. So I've never actually shot him a DM. But um, yeah, I'd love to have Colin on. That'd be cool. He is a he has a long history of I've done multiple mixes for him where he's one part of Stunt Nationals at Weber State University right after Weber won Nationals. And Weber State University won the first ever the reason that i retired from cheer after this cheer music weber state university went into texas tech's division and just dominated mm-hmm. and they won grand the first year ever having that that championship uh in daytona and that was the most that was the craziest thing i've ever witnessed and that's what prompted the call with summer and that's where i got to learn about the history of weber state university there we go so if you can get a hold of anyone at weber state university who knows the history that will blow people's mind and it will show that nothing is built alone and nothing Mm -hmm. is built without consistency and actual pursuit and intention yeah goosebumps no yeah for real weber state because you know when i cheered at sfa we used to compete against weber and they were they were trash right those years when i was they were trash our last year we were super i mean we were really good but we had a trash routine we had like three stunt drops some tumbling touches everything just crumbles weber ends up winning that year and they haven't Yo. looked that since it's just been Dang. dude but it's crazy so. it's crazy the level they're at now how they are just they, they honestly i'm gonna say it right now they might be the best team in cheerleading at least in college they i think they they're the best team in college cheerleading right now so i said it said what i said hey summer gave me the story about sfa she 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 told me that exact story that you just told me and she broke it down and then I was like, what happened next? And she was like, this is what happened next. But Summer Willis, and if you've read a book by, uh, amazing book that I love by, uh, what is his name? It is The Secret, The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And it talks about recruiting. Everything is about recruiting. And Summer Willis, just completely, no one can see it happening. She is a genius mind in cheerleading. And Weber State University, like you said, they used to be absolute trash, even whenever I was cheering at TJC. But they had that win over SFA, and then that just opened up. This small little town in Ogden, Utah, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere in the mountains, just blew up to, like you said, arguably the best team in college cheerleading this present-day moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. Dude, Roland, it's been great having you on. For the people who've been living under a rock, where can people find you online? Anything you want to shout out, anything you want to plug right now, you can go ahead and do it now, man. 
If you want the real me, my Instagram, Roland Pollard, R-O-L-A-N-D-P-O-L-L-A-R-D. That's where you get to see the real me. But the real me is in my stories. I post what I want to my feed, but not everyone watches my stories. So if you want the real me, my Instagram is where you can find the real me. And that's also where you can contact me. I respond to as many messages as I can. If you ever have any questions, if you ever just need a boost or of anything, if you ever just want to chat real quick, uh, my Instagram is the, way, the best way to reach me. There we go, man. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you, Jason. Let's do a recap one day. I love this. Yeah, for sure. Are you have a good one. You too, man. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.